0: sharp,
1: pointed, and insightful. This is Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk.
0: Now the media spent a lot of time earlier this week challenging President Trump's statement that there were MS-13 and maybe Middle Easterners in the caravan that's headed north. I was asked about it and I said it was inconceivable that there weren't.
2: If we do not enforce that border, if we let those in that are in gangs, that are traffickers, drug traffickers, sex
3: traffickers, they, local law enforcement, end up on the front lines. It makes every town a border town. It's not all people seeking asylum. And for those seeking asylum, I just want to tell them, please, for your own safety, seek it as soon as possible. Mexico is offering uh, asylum in refuge to everybody who's transiting through Mexico. If you are in fear for your life, please pick it up. Take asylum as soon as you can. Don't don't make a six week journey at the hands of criminals to get here.
0: The truth is this caravan is being advanced by leftist groups and human traffickers who have no regard for human life. And now, Stacy Washington.
4: Welcome to the program. Oh, yeah. Still here. Still alive. Still not staying home to cook dinner for my family instead of doing radio. Yeah. Instead, I'll cook dinner for them after the show like I do six days a week, five days after the show. On Saturdays, I cook dinner whenever I want. And my family eats. And I do radio. Welcome to the Stacey on the Right show. It's so glad to be with you today. So good to be here Uh, The bomber has been identified. The media calls him a Republican, claiming that he registered as a Republican back in 2016. And uh, lots of details are coming out about him. We knew he was going to be found because he left copious amounts of, uh, you know, forensic evidence available for investigators. And so there'll be more. Well, as the story unfolds, also, Megyn Kelly is her show is done over at uh, NBC. And I don't know anyone who has been watching this that is surprised by it. They have had their daggers out for her since the first day she stepped on that, uh, that expensive stage they built for her. It's as if they hired her away from Fox to eliminate her. Now, I know that that would be what some people call a conspiracy theory. But if you look at the steps that they went through to get her and the amount of money that they paid, and you th- you'd say, well, it can't be that they thought that. They really thought she was going to be successful because look at how much they paid her. It was a calculated risk that they took. They were unable to deal with the combination of the host before her. I believe it was Hannity and then Kelly and then O'Reilly. And so one way to get rid of that one, two, three combo is obviously Bill O'Reilly had passed acts of his own that kind of did him in. And Sean Hannity's still there killing it. But Megyn Kelly, she had to be lured away and she went willingly. I'll, I'll never understand it. You know, there's probably, I don't know, 500,000 women in America who look good enough to be on Fox News, who have who have the look. And maybe out of that 500,000, maybe 400,000 of them have written books and can do media and can speak well on camera. I mean, there are that many talented women who want to be on that network. And so when you say the competition is fierce, to get a show on Fox News is to reach the pinnacle of broadcasting and to really have established yourself as successful in uh, media. And so for her to leave that, a place where it was her home, and it, it's this very small, very select group of people who actually work for Fox. The majority of the people you see roaming around there are like me. they're You're there for a TV hit. You're unpaid. Um, you're really grateful that they're doing your hair and makeup, but that, that's about it. And of course, there are some contributors, but they are not numerous. And so it, I just, I'll never understand what made her Make that choice and of course the rumor mill says that she's you know looking to go back there and that Fox is not receptive and I, I would not rule it out that she would end up back at Fox in the daytime not not in primetime but in, in the daytime which actually works better for her family um, but it, it's just it's a sad situation to watch people dancing around with glee about what's happened to her um, it's just been like a slow motion train wreck. And I hate seeing it happen because whatever you think about her comments to Donald Trump, having met her in person twice, she's she was really a genuinely kind hearted, very professional, very talented broadcaster. And so I'm hating this. I hate the way people are really gleefully, you know, excited about seeing her downfall. Um, I kind of cast back to yesterday. She may look, uh, you know, if there's no doubt about it, she's amazing to look at. And she looks like that in person. But it doesn't mean she doesn't have feelings. <laughs> she does. And I'm no, I know she's hurting right now. Um, and so I just, I hope that people will remember that she's a person too when they're considering what's happening to her. And, and it's even more painful. It's one thing to lose your job. It's another thing to lose it in public and have to watch people be happy about it and to gleefully, you know, experience your loss with you. Um, so today on the show, we're going to talk to Kimberly Claysick. She's a Republican strategist and political commentator. She's going to come on and talk to us a little bit about news of the day and also the uh, the role of women in the upcoming midterm election. Now, I I treat the whole woman thing the same way that I treat the whole permanent tan, I'm a black person thing, which is innate characteristic. God made me this way. It's not something that I'm going to leverage for political capital, Um I mean, they're they're descriptors. They are not identity items. And it really is a sad part of our new reality here in this country that so much of who we are as a person is determined by who a person chooses to have sex with, especially the whole out of marriage sex thing that is so in vogue and so prevalent right now in our culture. Um, If you're a woman, you choose to be identified by what your gender is as opposed to, It's it's pretty simple. Christian or no? (laughs) Come on, work with me here. Christian or no? That's pretty much it. (laughs) That's all God's going to want to know when you get up to the judgment seat. He's not going to be like, so how much gender studies did you get in while you were down there on earth? No, it's going to be Christian or not. Okay, you know, so let's work with that. Um, and we're also going to be talking about the this comment by Matthew Continetti from over at the Washington Free Beacon about how there's a geogra- geographic separation forming in the United States. And I find this commentary to be fascinating because we already have, like, I, you, you may have seen this online social media. They'll have a map of the United States and it'll have, like... Um, People say sneakers instead of tennis shoes in this part of the country. And it'll say, you know, eats the most watermelon out of anywhere in the country and, you know, drinks the most orange juice and, you know, you, speaks with a strange accent no one can understand. And it's, it's really it's meant to make you laugh, but the statements are rooted in truth and they're taking a characteristic of that region of the country. So it's not specifically just one state. It's a region and they kind of t- it's just a points to who they are who these americans are based on something that they they do or how they sound or how they look or something like that. So we already have those kinds of regional variances in our culture and they are what make america so it's so that's what makes it so fun when you travel from one part of the country to another, you immediately notice how different the americans are there and you kind of it's 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 not just a field trip it's it's wonderful because there's still our people this still my people. It's just now, you know, you're in Arizona where everything's hot and Arizonans have a certain way about them and Texans have a certain way about them. And, you know, same thing with Missourians and or, or people from Missouri. Yeah. Um, and especially if you go down to the boot heel, people down there, are, they have their own distinct cultural norms. Still Americans, but it's a beautiful thing. So we'll talk about that a little bit as well. Um, right now I want to get to the daily confession, which is that God works through all situations to fulfill his purpose. So we know that in all things, I'm a leather jacket up against the leather chair, so I'm squeaky. Um, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. That's Romans eight twenty eight. God has a greater purpose in saving us. And that is, this verse is Second Timothy 1, 9, he has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace, isn't that wonderful? Because if it was because of something that we had done, we would never have been saved. Our righteousness is as filthy rags to a holy God who is unable to sin. So, in order to make us right with Him, in order to make it so that we could be in His presence, since we are constantly sinning and He is without sin, we have Jesus Christ clothing us in white and the righteousness of Jesus Christ. It it permits us to come into the presence of our heavenly father and to petition him for our, for help, for our, our, our wants and our needs and for him to take care of us and have a relationship with him. And it's through that sacrifice that we are able to be made whole and to be able to communicate with God. What an awesome way to go into the weekend, rejoicing over that gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So, um, uplifted there. Now, I, so you may have heard that we have a ton of uh, young black people. Some of them are my age, but they're still all being called young. So I like that. Um, young black people converged upon Yon White House, the people's house. And they hung out with Donald Trump this afternoon. And before Donald Trump appeared so that he could speak to them, because it's the young black conservative summit put on by Turning Point USA, Candace Owens, Charlie Kirk. And they are um they're they're there and they're just exuberant. They're rejoicing at the sound of Donald Trump saying great things about the police. They're chanting USA. Um, these are my kind of people. And I do know a few of the people who were there. So um, I did not put in an application to register to go. I had a speaking engagement in St. Louis this morning. It was actually, I emceed an event, and it was a prayer event for pastors and people of faith and leaders in the St. Louis area in preparation for the upcoming election. And it was amazing. David Barton of Wall Builders was the, the keynote speaker, and I got to see so many people, meet so many people. It was wonderful. I can't be in two places at one time, and I don't regret it all that I'm not at Young Black Conservative Summit this first time, maybe next year. Uh, but it is so it's, it's an enthusiastic, um, uplifting kind of a, a way for us to kind of just, just take a peek at what's happening at the White House and see how things are changing under Donald Trump. And I think it's, yes, it's Donald Trump, but I believe it's also prayer from around the country, and then and this audience in particular, people are praying for the chains to be broken. I'm talking about the mental chains, the chains that keep us shackled to the idea that if you have a permanent tan, you are only allowed to vote for Democrats. And as more people come out from under that oppression, you see things like what we saw at the White House. Now, you would think that The sight of young black Americans exuberantly enjoying themselves at the White House in preparation for a speech from the president would be an item of news that would be welcomed. Even if you're on the left, you have to admit these people look happy. But that's not what happened over at CBS. They were trying to explain why young black men were at the White House. It's number four.
1: We also expect in 10 minutes the president of the United States um, will be speaking you would one would expect that he would have at least a comment about this, um, about uh, the arrest that has been made in conjunction in connection, I should say, with um, these various bombs that have been sent to high profile individuals.
2: Mm-hmm. Actually, you can see the shot where we're awaiting the president. He's meeting with a young black man today. Yes, I believe. Right. And you can see that's why the crowd looks the
4: way it is. Um, that's why the crowd looks the way it is. What is she talking about? See, I'm- She she should be very happy that no one like me who looks the way that I look was sitting near her when she said that's why the crowd looks the way it is. I would have said, how does it look? How does it look to you? A group of young black, most of them college educated kids, men and women, people in their 30s, a few people in their 40s and a few in their 50s. But all of them happen to be black and they're standing around waiting for the president and they have their phones up and they're chanting USA. That's why the crowd looks like what exactly? Liberal I mean, if you let them, they'll tell you what they really think about black people. And and it's not tolerant. All right, let's go to the phones. We have about a minute, really quick comment from John in California. Thanks for calling the show today.
2: Oh, praise the Lord, Stacey. <laughs> praise the Lord. I'm thankful <laughs> that, uh, for you on the radio. I'm really thankful to hear you on here because I know you got the Holy Spirit and I know that uh, you're being led. Thank you. Uh, I'm thankful for that. You know, and I know the Lord's going to be able to use you. I just want to talk a little bit. I'm a pastor myself. I wish you could have... You sing? I, I didn't know that. I wish you could have heard you sing someday.
4: No, no. But I don't uh, do any singing. I was emceeing. Oh, yeah, I was the are, MC. 30 seconds, so. <laughs> yeah, 30 oh, seconds. I well, I, got
2: 15 seconds. I just want to say that the man that they're, that's, they, they, they arrested, I think they really need to look into who this person really is before they mm-hmm. come to their conclusions. And
0: mm-hmm. I know
2: the media, the mainstream media is going to a lot of conclusions. They, they already... Decided who he was, and and they're using that van and the other little evidence. But you look a little bit deeper. They're gonna find out things about him.
4: Uh, John, you are so right, uh, and I'm not buying it. I know he registered as a Republican. They have those documents, but I don't buy it. The van, the bombs, everything. It stinks to high heaven to me. It does not seem legit. Thank you so much for calling the show. When we get back, we're gonna have Kimberly Klaisik. She's a Republican strategist. She also happens to have the permanent tan. Stay right there.
0: Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. You know, the very first day in Israel, when we're staying in Jerusalem, we go to the Mount of Olives. And it's there at the Mount of Olives we look out over the old city. Of Jerusalem it's a spectacular sight. you've seen it in pictures before but it's another thing to actually be there as we walk down from the Mount of Olives to the Garden of Gethsemane and we pray there it's going to be a wonderful time with brothers and sisters from around the country visiting the Holy Land the land of Jesus if you want information on this March 14th to the 22nd tour just call us and we'll send you a brochure call 1-800- FAMILIES, F-A-M-I-L-I-E-S, option five. And leave us your name and your address and we'll mail you a brochure. Or if you want to simply go online at TWHolyLand.com, everything's there. TWHolyLand.com
5: Hi, I'm Crawford Lritz with a Legacy Moment. One of our children, when he was young, had a bad habit of wandering away from us when we were out in public. One day we were in a crowded mall and this child decided to wander off again. And we started to run after him. I kind of grabbed Karen by the arm and said, let's see if we can teach him a lesson. We didn't rescue him this time. We followed him, never allowing him to leave our sight. Pretty soon he was panic-stricken, and then we appeared. That cured him of his wanderitis, so to speak. That reminds me, just because you can't see God or sense his presence doesn't mean he's not there and watching you there are times in which god withdraws a sense of his presence so that he can strengthen our faith god's work in our lives is not conditioned by our ability to feel or sense him in job chapter 23 verses 8 through 10 our friend job was in the midst of enormous suffering listen to what he said about god behold i go forward but he is not there and backward but i cannot perceive him when he acts on the left i cannot behold him He turns on the right and I cannot see him. He knows the way I take. When he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Did you hear that line? But he knows the way I take. It's important not to make assumptions about God during your dark moments. He knows exactly where you are and what you're doing, even though you can't see him. Here's what I want you to remember today. We're sometimes confused about what God is up to, but he's not confused. He's in charge
1: and he's watching our every move. You've been listening to Legacy Moment with Crawford Baritz, pastor of Fellowship Bible Church in Roswell, Georgia, and heard on the weekly program, Living a Legacy. For more information, go to livingthelegacy.org. This is Stacy on the Right with Stacy Washington on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk.
4: Welcome back to the program. Thank you for uh, being here today. God bless. And uh, it's Friday. Still broadcasting from the heartland. I'm glad to see the weekend. I had actually not one free morning this week. It was just every day, relentless activity and things that had to be done and events to attend. And I'm so glad I got to do it all. But I'm also glad that there will be a couple of days of rest up ahead. And I'm also glad to welcome our next guest to the program Uh, Kimberly and I have actually met in person and we've communicated a little bit online and she is outstanding. She's wonderful at what she does, which is strategizing for the Republican Party, as well as doing political commentating on all of the best channels, Fox News, Fox Business, etc. CNN as well. And so what I'm really happy to have uh, is Kimberly here today to talk to us about women's role in the upcoming midterm elections. Kimberly, thank you for joining us today.
2: Hey, Stacey, how are you? You
4: know, I'm just I'm so I have to admit now because I said I would that I was wrong. I said that it was some Democratic plant or some kind of (laughs) like weird Russian thing. And instead, it turns out it's some he's self-radicalized some some lunatic um, who happens to be registered as a Republican down in Florida who did. He sent all these like inoperable bombs.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think everyone can understand why you felt or a lot of people felt that it could be. Uh, a Dem trying to basically put a hoax out there to distract us from whatever's going on, because these are the kind of games that we've seen them play in the past. So it is shocking, honestly, that it wasn't uh, someone playing, you know, another game to distract everyone, honestly.
4: Yeah, I I mean, I'm kind of surprised, like, because I just was thinking to myself, they've already, look what they did with with Kavanaugh, look at the fake charges there, look how orchestrated that was. And so I just figured this is what they've been saving because they, they don't like being called the mob. And so this one guy gives them legitimacy and lets them keep running good people out of restaurants and yelling at people at gas stations and grocery stores and all that stuff. And I really feel like they, they do. They feel now that they have justification since this one Looney Tune guy sent these bombs. Now they can be the mob. They, now they have validation because we have a crazy on our side, too. And, and I don't think that's legitimate at all. But I think that's where they're going.
2: Yeah. Definitely. That is, um, that is where they're going to go, especially for the next couple of weeks, you know, until uh, everyone votes. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think other people can actually take it in consideration that there's just been so much that's piled up uh, since this uh, situation that they'll probably say, you know what, say there was a Looney Tune and he might have been a Trump supporter. But at the same time, um, look what they did with Kavanaugh. Look what they did with other situations in the past. And they're just not having it. I mean, they've alienated independent voters for a long time now. Uh, there's a lot of independent voters that say, you know what, I actually flew towards Trump um, because he is right. Not to say that there's always fake news, but the press seems to attack him at every corner. Um, so, you know, he's, he's got some legitimate claims there. And I think people notice that.
4: Well, I'm really glad that you're you're highlighting how some of the actions that Democrats have taken have really turned off people in the middle who are the most likely to swing one way or the other. They're not entrenched politically and they're much more receptive to messaging. And a lot of what the Democrats have done over the past eight weeks or so has really backfired. And it, it remains to be seen what will what look like. And, you know, in two weeks, what will it look like? We, we don't know. Um, but I'm just glad that I mean, you're you're calling it out. I'm, I'm certain that that is the truth for many, many people in this country who've just been observing and kind of waiting to make up their minds. So speaking of people waiting and, and observing, what do you think women are, are going to kind of like what's going to be the tack that women take going into this midterm, especially after all that we've seen?
2: Yeah, you know, that's a good question. I think, honestly, um, as we know, women are very smart and we're not someone who uh, just kind of go with the flow. We kind of stand our ground and we're strong and strong in our beliefs. That's why they have such a high turnout rate for, for female voters. I think, honestly, a lot of us are looking at this and saying, look, the Democrats are playing a lot of games. And when you think about the games that are playing, it's like not just what's happening right now and uh, what's happening with this political atmosphere, climate, but just thinking about the future. I mean, the Brett Kavanaugh situation, who would actually want to put their name down uh, to be a Supreme Court justice in the future if you knew that you were going to be attacked on something you did in high school or did or did not do? They still never proved anything there. Um, so to me, it's not just uh, messing with what's going on now, but the future looks murky at this point. And I think women know that and understand that.
4: I, I also think, you know, and you're making some fantastic points there, Kimberly. I'm, I'm actually really along the lines, at least for me, it's a really difficult political climate to look at for men in general. And so Does that directly impact me? Well, as a woman, you know, if you're just doing straight, like straight impact, no. But if every man is guilty until proven innocent, then that's husbands, sons, fathers, then it does begin to impact you directly, Uh, every woman, which means that the issues that we're looking at with the Democrats, they're not really female issues. It's really an issue of what's right and what's wrong and what's constitutional and what's Unconstitutional, and we do have innocent until proven guilty as our right as citizens of this country.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I think a lot of women. I mean, I know I sat there and I watched uh, Brett Kavanaugh's wife and, and his daughters had to sit through that and try to understand why their father was even being attacked at this moment in time, knowing he had he had nothing but a strong career in the past, and he should have been, you know, confirmed right away. And they're looking at it now; it's like. Wow, do we really know our father? What's going on? Are these claims even true? I mean, I can't imagine uh, what dinner was like for his family after everything that happened.
4: I Yeah. And, you know, I can't really, especially with their ages, because one of them's very young, you know, so grammar school mm-hmm. age, I believe. And then the other one is, you know, an, or a young teen. And so you have, right. those are those are two very different mindsets and age groups. And on top of that, they have their mom, you know, and the mom has to be also, you know, supporting and bolstering and doing all that she can. But it, it didn't stop the anger and the vitriol from seeping in because they had the reporters camped out on their front yard. I mean, and they let them, they gave them the cupcakes and all, which I would have really been, it would have been hard for me to, yeah, I, you know. I, there's no use in me yeah. pretending that's that would have been my reaction i would not have i would have said this is actually a private property and if you don't get off i'm calling the police right and you know they would have said well we're the we're reporters and i would have said you have to be on public property and so you have to find public property that you want to stand on that is not owned by this neighborhood or me before you can actually mm-hmm. camp out and they would have been removed um i wouldn't ha- not yeah. have not stopped until they were removed and and So they they clearly are more suited to public life than some of the rest of us. I'll just say myself. Um, Mm -hmm. So how do you think that because that 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 memory is fading just a little bit and Democrats are anxious to get away from the Kavanaugh hearings, especially with Avenatti being referred by the Senate Judiciary Committee for uh, to the DOJ for investigation. What what do you think the Republicans can do to keep just it's not to keep it top of mind, but just to remind voters this is this is what just happened. Don't forget.
2: Yeah, well, I think, and and this is why, you know, this uh, bomber is a good distraction and and plays into the Democrat's hands, but I think uh, people should really focus, too, on the caravan uh, that's on its way. You know, that Mm -hmm. is happening, you know, right now, real time, and that's what I was actually on Fox News this morning talking about. I mean, you know, we're a nation of laws, and so people to come here illegally, that is a crime. And, you know, I was going back and forth uh, with Rochelle this morning about, saying, oh, not everyone crossing the border is a criminal. Well, yes, they are. That is a crime. Illegal migration is a crime. And so I think people need to focus on just the real issues right now. And I I would say that caravan, always keep Kavanaugh in that situation in your mind. And the Me Too movement. I mean, I'm for Me Too movement. I'm all for um, strong women, empowering women, uh, speaking up and, and uh, getting sexual harassers, uh, you know, out in the open, so they have to actually uh, adhere and admit to what they've done and, and you know, follow the law in wherever it takes them. But the Me Too movement to me seemed like an attack on many men that <laughs> might have just been in uh, situations where it was he said she said, and it seems to me that they were attacking uh, all men in a way, uh, mm-hmm. not just their credibility but their careers. Uh, you saw a lot of wealthy men. You saw a lot of men that were being attacked that. Literally, I think they said, um, I think, um, was it Samuel Jackson? Uh, they said uh, yeah. he was yeah, saying yeah. hello, sweetie, to some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were like, well, that was an attack. And it's like, he said, hello, sweetheart, and you were attacked by that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it was like just anything. They were just throwing anything to the wind. And, Kimberly, you know, they were only upset about that, that
4: after. So the, the part yeah. that got me about that was when he said it, they didn't have a problem. It was only later that they were right. like, that was an attack. I'm like... Yeah. I'm pretty sure it wasn't. You liked it when he yeah. said it because he's rich and famous right. and, you know, in every movie. And you thought, oh, he thinks I'm sweet.
2: Now you're like,
4: I'm not sweet. And th- that's no good for me. I, d- I just it wasn't <laughs> genuine. Like, I have yeah. trouble following all that.
2: Yeah, no, it it was crazy. And, you know, it's kind of simmered down a little bit now, but I'm pretty sure they'll, they'll rev it back up if they feel like they're not making any traction uh, with the, the Trump supporter and quotation bomber.
4: Mm. Well, I, am hoping this doesn't really like, I, I just, so I used to be a Democrat. Okay. I've told people publicly mm-hmm. before, so don't be shocked, Kimberly. I was when I was in my twenties, <laughs> you know, before I got married and had kids. And then after we were married for a few years, we were still Democrats. And, um, it was before we moved to the Midwest, when we moved to the Midwest, it was when things began to change. But long story short, I'm, it's not like I can't remember how I thought back then, but I, I still had mm-hmm. common sense. So I can't imagine people going, Oh, this one guy sends all these inoperable bombs. Well, you know what? I I've been feeling really negatively for, towards the Democrats, but now I've changed my mind because of that crazy guy. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna now go back and vote for the Democrats, or I'm gonna change my mind about policy because of this bomber guy. Because I mean, I know it's still serious, and he is going to jail for a long time. Mm-hmm. But uh, no one was hurt, and it's clear that he was doing this. It's like a stunt. I'm, I'm waiting for more shoes to drop.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, it was definitely, it seems like just a scare tactic. I mean, obviously there was a lot of fear and terror, and I understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seemed like he just wanted to uh, make some of these high-profile Democrats afraid. And to me, I think, you know, the fact that he sent them to particular people— I mean, he sent one to Maxine Waters, to Cory Booker. The people that we've heard in the media say, hey, don't let them sit in a restaurant. Don't let them go to the department store. you got to say something. So there is a reason why uh, this you know, crazy loon picked those particular people. And I think some people will think, well, why did he choose those individuals? And they might actually sit back and think and say, well, you know what? That person did say this, and they did say that. And so maybe that's why he chose them. And so maybe people will do some critical thinking here and not say, okay, like you said, this uh, crazy loon with the bombs. Maybe they'll mm. sit back and say, okay, there's a reason why this loon picked this person or, or these people. And maybe we should really uh, think about why that is, too.
4: Yeah. Um, and then also, and I honestly... I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong, guy, you know, is registered as a Republican. I said he wasn't. So there I've admitted it twice now in just, you know, less than 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> but the evidence they're using is like this van. Did you see the picture of the van that they yeah. with the stickers on it? OK, so I'm not saying yeah. that's not a real picture. I'm not I'm not I'm not disputing the actual existence of it. But
2: did you find
4: anything odd about the uh, the van, um, like the stickers and all that?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where he even got half of those stickers. It seems to me maybe that was something that he printed on a printer and then cut and paste under tape. I don't know. And I don't know. Perfect squares. A Did
4: you stickers. notice that? Yeah. <laughs> it, it was like it was yeah. perfectly, you know, like, um, like a, a a if you if you sign up for one of those programs where they wrap your car, they wrap your car with that yeah. um, that's super plastic, and you drive your car around like that on the highway and they pay you a monthly fee to drive your wrapped car. I, I know it's more prevalent in like big, big cities, um, and you can make <laughs> you know enough to cover more than your car payment doing that. Um, and but the reason they're able to make it fit so perfectly is because they order it for your make and model of car, and then they wrap your car they like ex- electromagnetize the car, they put the the thing on there and it sticks that those mm-hmm. windows look like that like the like a professional yeah. like who is this guy? I want more details before I really yeah, you know i I still have there's I have some some things I'm holding back i' have, I've admitted <laughs> that I was wrong but i' I'm, I'm holding some some reservation here.
2: Yeah, no, it was definitely laid flat, kind of like tint, I guess, tinting on yeah. your windows. Yeah. Um, and it looked brand new also. So it's like he got, I guess, radical within the past couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. On the highway, it's not going <laughs> to look that good. In Florida. <laughs> you know, after a couple of rides. After yeah. the whole
4: summer. You only have to be in Florida for seven days to have a little bit of oxidation show up on the black parts of your car. You know, the, the like the yeah. parts around your windows and stuff. Florida heat is something amazing, you know, mix it with the air that has the seawater kind of breezes coming off the sea. I can't believe it would look that pristine unless, as you said, he just recently had it done. And then what's the impetus for that? Like, what made him go have it done recently? What made him go do the bombs? I'm, I'm interested in more details.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So am I. But I, I have to say what stuck out most to me was when the tarp flew off so easily as, you know, the the authorities were taking it away, almost like, yeah, we're covering it, but let's go ahead and put it out there. It was a make America great again nut, You know, mm-hmm. it was like this person had one job <laughs> and right. they didn't do it. Wrap okay, the van
4: was... with a tarp. Yeah. Wrap the van. And, you know, it's the tarp from Lowe's or Home Depot, that big, massive yeah. one that you can spread over the whole <laughs> roof of a house. And they're trying to wrap exactly. a van in that and they couldn't hold it down. Yeah,
2: I'm with you. Right. You're so right. Yeah, no, that You're was so right. perfectly played, I think. And they wanted people to see and to know Uh, exactly who was behind this. And so that to me was a little unsettling. But, you know, it
4: is what it is. It's suspect. But you know what? The good news is, just like I smelled a rat when the Kavanaugh thing was going on and Christine Blasey Ford stepped forward, I smelled a rat. Mm -hmm. And it took a, a bit, took more than two weeks. But they uncovered that rat and we all saw it. And it was like for all of us to see. And if there is anything ratty here, there may not be. But mm-hmm. if there is, I'm guarantee, I'm, it's going to come out. We're going to see it. I hope it comes out before the election, though. Um, Kimberly yeah. Klasick, thank you. Republican strategist, political commentator. Uh, I always love it when you come on. Thank you for your time today. Thank you, Stacey. Have a great one. Okay, you too. Oh, she's so awesome in person, you guys. I met her at Fox DC. Um, well, actually, I've met her twice. I met her at the White House also um, for the reception for... Uh, martin luther king day so black history month reception yeah we'll be back with more after this stay there
3: I had a conversation with my daughter about making mistakes and not getting this Christian walk right. I had to explain to her that none of us are perfect, but we are all striving for perfection. Then I was listening to a song by 10th Avenue North called You Are More. The song really explained what I shared with her and reminded me that the enemy would like nothing more than to use the mistakes and things you've gotten wrong against you. But because of Christ, you are more than your mistakes. You are more and bigger than your fears. You are so much more than the choices you've made. And God's love for you never wanes. It never decreases. It never ceases to exist. Today, no matter what you've done or how bad you think it is, repent and rest in the forgiveness and love of the Father. Extend to yourself the same passion and grace that the Father extends with a heart for the urban family. I'm today's urban woman, Toni Johnson. Connect with us at UrbanFamilyTalk.com.
0: We need you to call your senators today tell them to put an end to the liberals filibuster switch to a majority vote and defund Planned Parenthood your call will make a difference call the Capitol switchboard at 202-224-3121 or go to afaaction.net Again, call 202-224-3121 and tell your senators to switch to a majority vote and defund Planned Parenthood.
4: American Family Radio,
0: Samaritan's Purse,
4: and your family.
0: Together, we can bring good news and great joy to needy children.
4: Simply pack an Operation Christmas Child shoebox with toys, school supplies, and
2: hygiene items. Then drop off your shoebox gift during National Collection Week.
0: Visit AFR.net, click the Operation Christmas Child banner, and then get packing.
5: Election headquarters.
2: A Phoenix ballot proposition aiming to shed light on dark money. Dark money is anonymous political spending meant to influence voters. Supporters of Proposition 419 in the city want more transparency, hoping to unmask wealthy corporate and special interest donors. Arizona's former Attorney General Terry Goddard says secret groups shouldn't be allowed to influence elections.
5: As citizens, as voters we need to have as much information as we possibly can. And that information should include where the money came from that paid for the advertisement
2: that's trying to persuade us. If Prop 419 passes, individuals and organizations would be required to disclose donations of more than $1,000 meant to influence Phoenix elections. Mike Huckins with the Greater Phoenix Chamber of Commerce says the group is diametrically opposed to the initiative and any legislation they deem a threat to their constitutional rights. It's an attack on free speech. In Phoenix, Charlie Lapistora... Fox News.
1: You can watch a live stream of the show on Facebook or YouTube at Stacy on the Right. Now, back to the show on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. I think the fact that we don't know much about who sent the bombs and what his or her ultimate purpose was has led to a lot of speculation and a lot of cross tr- crossing charges about what, whether it was the climate climate whether it was uh language from the right language from the left i think from a 30000 foot view brett trump's appearance on the public scene three years ago seems to have ripped off the shroud that obscured a lot of latent tension between the left and the right in the united states and since he came down that escalator you've had insightful comments from both the right and the left and you've had violence from both the extreme right and the extreme left. If you actually look at most normal Americans, they're nowhere as polarized as it seems the extremes are. And so I think people in Washington need to think very seriously about how we get over this moment because not only do you have these cultural clashes and you have the harassment in the restaurants, you have mob violence, you have assassinations like this, you have a geographic separation you have a culture forming within the cities and in their suburbs, and then a separate culture forming about 30 miles outside downtowns. And that, I think, when you look at American history, is not a good thing to have.
4: Wow. And um, it's not a good thing because it points to polarization. And that's Matthew Continent- Continetti of the award-winning Washington Free Beacon. And uh, he is pointing to something that, you know, it's becoming more evident now. I do think that if you identify yourself, you know, so if, you, if you're if you coming from the suburbs or the city and you kind of identify yourself through your clothing or through comments that you make, that people are much more willing to welcome, in, welcome you into the tribe. But if you show up and they have no idea who you are, they automatically start to kind of put the ideas and negative stereotypes on you that are prevalent in your geographic area. So if you come from the city or suburbs of St. Louis, that would be that you're liberal or you're at least liberal leaning uh, and that you're for higher taxes and you don't care about schools and you don't really care about uh, the constitution and things like that. That's not automatically true of people who live in the city or suburbs of St. Louis. Um, Yes, we are one, the major population center for the state of Missouri, but there are so many conservatives here and you need only look at the attendance at uh, Bible study fellowship groups. Um, Oh my goodness. So many thousands of people here in the metro area attend routine, like it's regular. It's a matter of course for them. They attend Bible study. And BSF is difficult. I mean, mean, we have many listeners in the audience who uh, attend BSF. And there are others. There's CBS. There's other types of Bible studies that people engage in as well. So, I mean, all is not lost, but there's definitely a feeling um, that people who live a little further out that 30 miles or more they feel like the people in the city are voting in things that are harmful to them and that they don't understand these people and um in some ways that they are a little correct because i feel like i don't understand some of these people um yeah i don't i don't i don't get it i don't get why anyone would want men to have the ability to shower and use the restroom with women and girls, you know, strangers in public facilities. I don't get that. And I know that people start talking about feelings, but I just don't get it. I I don't. And it's the reason why I'm so glad we have the Second Amendment. Um, And I'm I'm a prayer person. I believe in prayer. I believe in praying over your family members and praying before you leave and and all of those good things, asking for the Lord's protection. But he gave provisions for us to be able to defend ourselves. And I, I really believe in that. And, um, for people who, if, if you've never shot a firearm before, it now is a perfect time for you to head out. It's it's about to be the weekend. Go find a range near you. I guarantee you there are a ton. Go shoot two or three different handguns and two long guns, and then join in the conversation. But if you've never fired a firearm, it's hard for me to, um, communicate with you about that issue because you, you, you're not informed. You're not able to have that conversation. So let's talk a little bit about the bombing suspect. You know I have to give the details. Just in case, you're just tuning in. Stacey Washington, host of Stacey on the right here on American Family Radio, also on Urban Family Talk. Um, his name's Cesar Sayoc. He actually says he's American Indian, but to me that guy looks like he's from south of the border. Not sure what place, but someplace south of the border. Um, he, he's Cesar, Cesar Terry Sayok Jr., 56 years old. He was taken into custody outside of an AutoZone store in Plantation, Florida. He's a resident of Aventura, Florida. And they say that in 2016, he registered as a Republican and he last voted this year. That's according to the Nexus database. He registered as a GOP voter 11 days before the 2016 election and was an early voter in Dade County's 2018 midterm. Siac's white van was covered in what law enforcement officials described as right-wing paraphernalia. Right-wing paraphernalia. The Broward County Clerk of Courts lists Siac as having been charged with felonies in 1991, 2004, and 2013. In addition, he was charged with domestic violence against his mother, Viola Aletieri, in 1994 and faced a drug court case in 2004. He has had eight traffic violation charges, what a criminal offense, five parking offenses. Now, I don't know why they list the parking offenses, quite honestly, because you can park on the wrong side of the street on a day where there's a street cleaning truck coming through and get a parking ticket. Now, maybe if he had hundreds of them, but... Eight parking violations in his entire life. Ah, okay. Anyway, um, they listed that as well. Um, he also had a home foreclosure case against him in 2009. The most recent case against him was a misdemeanor offense in 2014. Public records show he has a past address of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, as well as an address in New Jersey. His extensive criminal history includes arrests for making a bomb threat, battery, and felony grand theft. He's been arrested several times in Broward County, Florida, dating back to 1991, most recently in 2014. So he was arrested most recently just four years ago. So it's clearly an ongoing problem for him. So he had one year of probation as a sentence for a, a bomb threat that he leveled in 2002. The charge was withheld by prosecutors as a felony. So following completion of probation in 2003, it was dismissed. So in 2013, he was charged with battery and third-degree grand theft, which is a felony. He was he pled guilty in 2014 and was sentenced to probation. So lesson here. Again, you know, we just had this conversation about sentencing reform and criminal justice reform and what the White House is doing. And we heard these wonderful recommendations from Reason Foundation. But you got this guy. With this systematic, repetitive, really, it's, it's a, it's, it's, the guy has a problem with the law. He seems unable to abide by the law. Battery is hands-on people without their permission. Third degree grand theft, which is a felony. How did he walk away from that with probation? I don't, I don't understand that. So the other thing is, oddly enough, for him to be mailing bombs, dude sent packages to people who don't open their own mail. So many of the packages were intercepted by the post office because the post office scans every piece of mail. That's, that's the lesson here for all of the people. If you're going mail bombs, you're not going to get your bombs to your target because the post office scans the mail for bombs because they know lunatics exist. So, anyway, he sent all of them and uh, he sent them to people who don't open their own mail. So, this is also, this may be a news flash for some people. Most of us, we already know this, but I'll go ahead and state it. Barack Obama does not trundle out to the mailbox and pluck his mail out. And you know how, how you do when you get your mail out you kind of flip through, you're looking for checks and actual cards and letters, you're looking for real mail. And then, once you realize you have no real mail, you divide it into two piles. One is recycling. The other is, we'll read these later. Or I'm opening these up and I'm throwing away the envelopes and I'll deal with these later. That is what what we regular folk do. Um, The former president of the United States does not trundle out to the mailbox and get his own mail. Some staffer gets the mail. Housekeeper, secret service agent, whatever, gets the mail. And they scan it and take a look at it. And examine it, and then they give it to the president. Okay? Former president. Senator. Sitting member of, of Congress. They, they, they're, they're not at home opening up their own mail. A real flaw in the plan, if you ask me. Um, so, that was interesting. Also, over at ABC St. Louis... So this was interesting because this, you know, ABC is not known for their conservative thought patterns, but they have a story up here. And so since I was at that kind of the the emceeing gig this morning and I was there pretty much from like first thing this morning, I got up at the crack of dawn, left, went there and it ran a little long. And then I came back and finished up my show prep. And then, of course, here I am. So this was something that I had a friend sent over to a group of us and I hadn't had a chance to listen to all the clips or I would have had them for my producer to cut for us to use today. Um, But I'm going to post the link on Facebook. You can definitely go over and click through. It's a series of videos posted at ABC St. Louis. Again, I'm just looking. I'm like, it says by ABC 30 News. I'm just, I'm in shock that they posted this. It says, while most of the national media has been railing against President Trump over violent rhetoric, claiming his words are provoking violence, why hasn't the media been under more scrutiny for the extremely violent rhetoric against the president it has broadcast during these past two years? That's what a few prominent conservative critics, many of whom have never politically supported Trump, are saying this week. I'll skip down. Um, it says in in the tweets below, each with a video, one is a photo. Ryan Saavedra said, media, we never encourage violence against Trump. Also media, people have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump. Now, I know if if you didn't know and trust this program, if you didn't know that I'm not into just making stuff up, you would think you can't possibly be telling the truth about that but it's right here in black and white and there's video of this guy on uh msnbc and he says it he says it like it's not lip-synced it's not gift it's not made up he says you have to go out and put a bullet in donald trump msnbc's nicole wallace said she encouraged jeb bush to physically attack donald trump i told jeb bush after I told Jeb Bush after that debate that I thought he should have punched Trump in the face. Again, imagine a Republican saying that and getting away with it. You can't imagine it? That's because no Republican can get away with that. Um, You go on a little further down, Madonna. I thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. You remember that moment. It's Inauguration Day and she's just doing whatever she's doing, um, which is like, go back to England, Madonna, okay? Kathy Griffin beheads Trump in a photo shoot, says she didn't do anything wrong. Harvard Law Professor Lawrence Tribe on Democrats going after President Trump, if you're going to shoot him, you have to shoot to kill. CNN's Chris Cuomo, who normally loses his mind and goes into, you know, like the tongues, the bad tongues, he didn't. He didn't even respond. CNN's Phil Mud on Trump. The government's going to kill this guy. I, I, maybe I'm missing something kill this guy is metaphorical speak or does that actually mean killing as in thou shalt not kill as in murder NBC, msnbc host nicole wallace says sarah huckabee sanders should be choked why is she still on the air and i'm not about firing people because they make one mistake or or have a bad thought That the whole idea that they're letting megan kelly go because she said her comments about blackface i guess i, I need to address that in the last couple of minutes of the show Um, And that was the last one. Johnny Depp jokes about wanting to assassinate Trump. You remember that? He's still using his fake Pirates of the Caribbean voice, but he uses it in his real life now, so he talks like that all the time. I don't know what his kids must think. And he joked about wanting to kill the president. So let's talk about this whole blackface thing. So I'm, I'm not a Halloween celebrator. So you might say, with my comments and rhetoric on how I don't like having gun debates and conversations with people who've never shot a firearm that perhaps I can't have a discussion about it. But I do happen to be of the permanent tan. And I do happen to have been taught in in school before political correctness entered in what blackface is. And when I say blackface, the true definition of blackface is when a person who's white dresses up as a character from earlier times in the history of this country where the lips are painted bright wet red and the skin is painted black but in a circle on the face so that you can see the edges of, of the person's skin. And the eyes are also colored in, so it's a caricature of a black person. And then that person dons an outfit. It's a white shirt. I think it's red pants, these strange-looking clown shoes. And they kind of dance around and act like a, a kind of a, a buffoon, if you will. And it's supposed to be a racist way of mocking black people. That is blackface. It is abhorrent. It is a, uh, it's, it's racist. And it's not something that, you know, good kind hearted people would engage in. But if you are, let's say 18 years old and you happen to celebrate Halloween and Beyonce is your idol and you want to dress up as Beyonce and you're white and you put on some makeup to make your skin closer to the color of Beyonce and you're not caricaturing her, you're actually trying to look as close to her as you can. Maybe you have a wig on. Um, maybe you're wearing one of those signature onesie things that she always wears with the high heels, and you're really going for it. How is that blackface? I and so the comments here have been blown so out of proportion, and I just don't understand it. I don't understand how we as black people are the only people on the planet who you can't dress up as a black person because you can't tan your skin to look like the black person you're dressing up as i guess i better get on the horn with my boss here at the radio station to see if everything's still okay since i don't understand what's going on here pretty sure i'm still safe though good evening from the heartland if you're sticking around you got news from onenewsnow.com up next